Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho. I'm Lawrence Holmes. This is my podcast. Today, I want to talk NBA. I want to talk about all the craziness that went on yesterday. I'll just give you this background. I was thinking yesterday what I would do is I would go and see Avengers Endgame again. There was a noon showing in my neighborhood. I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'll come back. And probably be in about the first quarter uh, of the Portland-Denver game when I get back. But my wife and I, like, we went to this cafe. And as soon as we ended up there, I was like, we're we're done for the day. Like, we're going to go home. And I'm going to watch basketball until Game of Thrones comes on. And that's exactly what I did. But I will say that I was on the TNT app watching the end of of the Toronto Philly game while I was watching the first 20 minutes of game of Thrones. So I was just kind of going back and forth. So being able to, to double screen it yesterday was very, very valuable. Shout out to TNT for the app because I didn't want to have to make a choice. And game of Thrones was definitely going on the big screen. And we can talk about our feelings about that episode, maybe later on in this week, but I knew that I needed to make a choice as far as like big screen, little screen and TNT was right on time with the app to see that shot go in with Kawhi Leonard was incredible. How do you, first of all, Hey Philly, um, you got a quadruple doink, 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 doink in. So I see your double doink in football and raise you a quadruple doink in basketball. But it was the basketball was so worth it yesterday. It was it was amazing. Like it was one of those days where you hope that you are going to be rewarded for your loyalty. Your loyalty of sitting on the couch all day. Well, we were. We were treated to some great performances. CJ McCollum was man, he was good. And I love hearing him talk after the game. And you know that there's some bad blood between him and and Dame and the Warriors, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, I forgot all about the Warriors. We could talk about them too. I didn't get a chance to get in on them, but how you, hey, Houston, how you gonna lose 
when KD doesn't play and Steph doesn't scratch in the first half. They let that dude score 33 in the second half. Man, that was that was so fun to watch because you could feel it. You could feel like, man, they're letting Golden State hang around too long. And at some point, that dude's going to show up. You had everyone else, like, playing their role. Clay doing the Clay stuff early on, keeping them in. Draymond with the, the second chance opportunities. And then it's like, oh, someone just unleashed Steph. Did you hear about the fact that Chris Paul had knocked Steph off the court in pregame? That Steph was doing his routine, and Chris Paul was like, no, nah, the floor is mine. You got to get out of here. And then Steph was like, well, what if I just shoot over on this half? And Chris Paul was like, no. Nah. And then afterwards, after they won, Steph was pounding his chest saying, you kicked me off in court, right? Now you got to go home. But we got a great weekend of basketball. The NBA playoffs have not disappointed outside of Boston. Outside of Boston. The NBA playoffs have not disappointed, especially in this round. Kawhi Leonard is just great. And watching Jimmy Butler like push back and come up with what could have been a shot to send the game in overtime, like, yeah, all right, even though I'm not the biggest Jimmy Butler fan, but – if you're from Chicago, you probably already know that. So, to talk about the NBA, I wanted to invite one of my friends onto the show. Rebecca Harlow does sideline reporting for the New York Knicks on MSG. She also does sideline reporting for TNT. You can also check her out on NBA television. She's great. And you can follow her on Twitter at Rebecca Harlow. And you spell Harlow with two A's. Okay? So, H A A. R-L-W-O. She does cool stuff. Her and Clyde Frazier are like the most fly color commentator, sideline reporter in the game. So I wanted to invite her on to talk about the league. And yesterday, because she was watching, she was tweeting about how crazy it was. And I want to get a perspective from someone who's on the inside. So here's my conversation with Rebecca. I was looking through your tweets yesterday as all of the craziness was going on around the second game of the afternoon, and you were talking about the basketball gods giving us a gift, right? Oh, my goodness, yes. This round of playoffs is, I mean, gosh, every round, actually. There have just been so many incredible games. I mean, honestly, it's the best playoffs that I can remember in years, really. No, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. I thought that in the Eastern Conference in particular, once we got through the first round and you had the the top four teams, the people were expecting to advance, I thought that the basketball would be elevated. I didn't think that it would get elevated to the point where we saw Kawhi Leonard have to uh, put on a Superman cape and and come up with <laughs> a, a, a shot that bounced four times on the rim before going in. Unbelievable. I literally like I said in my tweet last night, was rewinding the TV back, watching it over and over again, because I could not believe. And when you see the ball bounce like that, those shots typically don't go in when they go from one rim to the next. So the fact that that thing went in was just awesome. But you know who 
I'm sure was crushed in that moment. Uh, well, uh, obviously, but Jimmy Butler, who looked like he was going to save the day on the other side, and wow, that it was just such a cool game. You're so on point with that. Like that angle of shot almost never finds its way back to the rim once it clanks from one side to the next. <laughs> <laughs> like usually, you don't see that happen with it with a shot, especially with a guy like going away for, from the basket. Like I'm, I'm amazed by Kawhi overall, but the the photographs that have been taken of that moment of the ball going through the hoop, it's so satisfying. Like as a basketball fan, to see everyone just like stuck in that moment of time of seeing how it felt like forever on whether or not that ball was going to go in. Oh, I know. And then for Philly, just thinking about the range of emotion that went both directions after that shot fell. And I I respect the 76ers a lot. And, you know, I think they made a lot of smart moves this year to put themselves in a position to compete. and, And they were better than they were last season. But to go down like that, oh, my goodness, when you've worked your whole life, then of course a whole season, and you have to work that hard to get to a game seven and lose. Ooh. But that's why we love the game. <laughs> no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I I thought in yesterday's game that Ben Simmons in the post was a real problem, and I was surprised they didn't do it more. I I want him so desperately. Because I think the thing that's keeping that team from taking the next level is he's too easy to guard on the perimeter. And if, if yeah. he develops a jump shot, then I think they're there. You can move them to championship level type team. Yes, I agree, because I think athletically he is just so incredibly gifted. And if he can get a jump shot, I, I, I don't know how you would stop him. You know, because he's bigger than the guards he'd be playing against, and then he's big enough to be in this match against, you know, the the, the fours that he would be facing. I, yeah, I agree, but he does need a jump shot. And it's kind of surprising that that hasn't developed a little more quickly, in my opinion, just because, again, he is so talented that you would think that that would come around at this point. But I don't know. Maybe that's just not going to be part of his game. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing goes. Do you think Jimmy Butler stays in Philly? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think he will stay in Philly. I think he I, – I actually spoke to him when they played the Knicks this year. I had a walk-off with Butler, and it was not long after he had joined the team. And – the. I asked him about just sort of how he was doing, generally speaking, and his first comment was, I'm just so happy. I'm just so relieved. I'm so happy. Um, I, I think he loves that team. I really do. And I think he believes in, in what they could put together there. And obviously we've seen Jimmy go through a lot of different phases, and it's unfortunate that things didn't work out with the Bulls, and I think that that parting of ways was best for everyone. But I think he's found a spot in Philly. I really do. You've covered so many games on the sidelines. Can you remember, like, what's the craziest game winner that you can remember covering? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say... 
Honestly, I don't know that I've had – I'm trying to think of all the playoff games I've done. I don't know that I've had a, a game winner quite like what we saw with last night. I, I, I've never had anything like that. But I think the game winners that I've seen that are the most dramatic are, are the ones that are the four OT games. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. Yeah, because you've covered some of those too. <laughs> yeah, and so I've done some of the four OT games, and those those game winners are – same thing. I mean, it's just it's it's such a high and such a low. <laughs> I mean, those games are weird too because it's almost like we all have a job to do. You've got boss man D needs to be walked. You got all sorts of stuff that you want to do, but it's almost like I want to see this game go on and keep going because it's so good. I know, but and it's funny too though because once you get to the third, you know, what first overtime fine, second overtime fine. But then once you get to the third and fourth, these guys are just so exhausted that it's almost becomes, all right, who's who's not going to make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. dragging out there. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And it's just un- unbelievable. But, yeah, the game, game winners are so, are so fun. But from my perspective, Warren, they're also hard because you're sitting there on the sideline, and you know you you have to go one way or the other. And so typically, you know, I'm in heels or whatever, kind of standing like in between, <laughs> trying to figure out: am I running this way or am I running that way? Am I which way am I going to try to grab whatever guy is going to be hitting that game-winning shot? I've definitely been in that position many times too, which is kind of hilarious when you see you know someone in my position running across the floor trying to track someone down or then running back the other way because it actually switches it. But it's all it's all fun. So, look, obviously you're doing sidelines for the Knicks. People see you on MSG. But I feel like it's fair to when I see you, especially when I saw you yesterday tweeting about what was going on in Portland, like you still have a lot of affection for the Trailblazers as an organization. Is that fair to say? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I loved my time there. Um, it, it was great. And I, it, that was the start of my NBA career, you know. So I will always appreciate that town and that city. And those fans are so awesome. I mean, they just love the Blazers so much. And so, yeah, and I, I, I definitely have a soft spot for the Blazers. But in addition to that, it's not only – just kind of my past with my career there. It's also just the current team that I stand behind so much. I just think that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are two of the classiest um, just athletes that I've ever been around in any sport, really. And then on top of that, they're just ballers. I mean, they're just gamers. And I have a lot of respect for Terry Thoughts. He wasn't there when I was there, but I just up and down. I just think that that's a class act organization. Um, and I'll say the same thing about the Warriors, but uh, yeah, I, I was really happy for the Blazers yesterday. Yeah, what, what was it like for you watching that game? Because Denver has, I think, piqued a lot of NBA fans' interest, and and watching Jokic turn into this player that he's turned to has been phenomenal. So watching that game kind of go down to the wire and 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 CJ come through at the end, what was that like? 
Yeah. See, I thought that game was – I think that game actually prepared the Blazers for the Warriors more than any other game in that series just because they needed a total team refer. And actually they got that in game six as well. But when when the responsibility is getting shared around that way and CJ's the guy that's got to step up, I just think that's so helpful. And their bench – this series has been great. And I think if Kevin Durant is not healthy, that'll make things interesting in that series. But that aside, yes, for Denver, um, I think Mike Malone has done a terrific job with that team. I really do. And it's crazy when you think about the fact that last year they missed the playoffs by a game. It went down to the 82nd game of the season. They missed the playoffs. And then this year, the way that they improved so quickly and spent a lot of time, number one in the last, and they're young. And I just think the thing for them is they need experience. I think those guys moving forward are going to be a force. I just think this year they were feeling their way through it with a bunch of guys who aren't used to the, the the pressure in playoff basketball, but those guys are going to be good. And hats off to Mike Malone, man. He, he really has done well with a young group of players there. You know Ennis Canner a little bit. Mm-hmm. Watching him yesterday, while Ramadan is going on, knowing that he can't eat or drink, the effort that he gave in that game was pretty incredible. Yeah, Ennis is all heart. He will play so hard and leave it on the floor every single time. That was one of my favorite things about Anas in New York was that, just that. I mean, that kid plays his heart out. And the number of times that I've seen that guy play in a game and then after the game be on crutches or after the game be on a walking boot or <laughs> after the game, you know, having – I don't know, it was an entire body taped up. Um, that's just who he is, and that's how he plays. And, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's got a chance to make such a great run. And, and the, the Nurkic injury was obviously so incredibly heartbreaking for Portland. And so the fact that Cantor has been able to step in, it, it, he's been great. I mean, he's been a big piece. What do you think their chances are against Golden State? I think it comes down to Kevin Durant injury situation. I think if KD can't play, I think it'll be a much more competitive series than maybe people would think. But truthfully, I still think that Golden State is the best team in the league and they're just so deep and they're so talented and they've got so much experience. I don't know. I, I, I still don't see anybody beating the Warriors this year. Even, even any, whether it's Milwaukee or Toronto coming out of the East. Yeah. I still think it goes to the Warriors. I just think they're, they're such a well-oiled machine and they're, they're so deep, you know, I mean, <laughs> they, they, you know, with them, the thing that's so scary about them is you could be up on the dubs 15, 18, 20 points, and they can erase it in two minutes. It's true. Like and, and you saw that with, with Steph and Clay, like they were kind of back to doing their thing in, in game six. 
Yeah, exactly. Like the, there's no deficit that's safe against them. I mean, you know, that being said, you look at the box, and besides Houston, they took in more threes than anybody else, and I think that sort of flies under the radar because everybody just talks about Giannis Antetokounmpo as a soil that he's, like, he's such a freak and a beast and an insane basketball player, but they have been really smart with how they've built that team um, around Giannis, and they let him operate and fly, but then they put shooters around him who can hit threes. So I think, in my opinion, Milwaukee would be a team that would challenge Golden State more so than Toronto. But I don't know. They're going to have to get through Toronto first. <laughs> no, that... I can't wait. I don't know. I'm so excited for all of it. Yeah, the conference finals, I think, I think are going to be a lot of fun. I got one more thing I want to ask you about, and it's about covering the NBA. Yeah, We worked together a long time ago. You know I'm probably a little bit more of a football guy than a basketball guy, and I love covering the NFL. I'm so jealous of you all that cover the NBA on a daily basis because the access that you're getting – the reporting itself, like, it, it it seems like NBA media is allowed to have more fun covering their game than baseball media or football media. So what's, what's it like for you to cover this league, and why have you found your niche covering the NBA? Yeah, well, first of all, I love the NFL, too. Um, we had so much fun when we were covering the Bears and doing those shows together. I loved all of that. I think for me, I just I love the game of basketball so much. So it it starts there for me, and then you know now it's just I'm just very lucky that I am grateful that I have been able to kind of find my niche in that in the NBA. And you know I think one of the biggest differences is is that the teams are smaller, the personnel is smaller, and so it's easier to form those relationships around the league than it is when you're covering the NFL just because there's so many more people involved. And so it's just trickier. You know, in the NBA, we all know each other at this point. Um, and that makes it, it makes it that much more personal, I guess, if that makes sense. No, that, that totally makes sense. And, and and I think that you're doing an incredible job, and I, I love seeing you succeed. It's it's really, really wonderful. So thank you for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Lauren, you own Chicago, and I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. So anytime I will jump on the podcast or anything else that you're doing, any of your shows, <laughs> radio shows, all right you got it thank you so much are you going to be in town for the draft uh, lottery and stuff no no i will be not for long but i am i am fingers crossed big time <laughs> <laughs> you're not the only ones there's a bunch of people here that got their fingers crossed too that ends up being zion so bex you are the best i will talk to you soon that's rebecca harlow I adore her. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you at all. So being able to work the desk with her at NBC5 when I was there was just great. Like, we used to have a lot of fun. And 
every time, like every time I see her doing sidelines, whether it's for the Knicks or doing stuff on on TNT or NBA television, like I just get a big smile on my face because she is one of the most genuine people in this business, and and seeing her succeed just makes makes me feel great because we had a lot of we had a lot of rough nights over at Channel Five, like and. She was always a a real example of how to do it with great grace, like incredible grace on Rebecca Harlow. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I know her phone kind of went in and out a little bit, but I still think it was worth it. And I'm glad you checked it out. And we'll have some more cool stuff tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.